0: Hello, welcome to the Game Cola Podcast. My name is Michael Ridgeway. Uh, joining me today are Michael Gray, uh, Colin Greenhalge, and Nathaniel Hoover. Nathaniel will be, will be joining us a little later. Uh, for now, guys, why don't you introduce yourselves? Hey,
1: I'm Michael Gray. What, what? Word.
2: I'm Colin Greenhalge. Wiki, wiki.
0: Wiki, wiki, wikipedia. That's right. Game Cola has gone all hip hop. And. Lastly, you'll meet uh, Nathaniel tupac Hoover later. Anyway, uh, today we're going to be talking about the darling of the Game Developers Conference 2009, OnLive. Um, So for those of you who missed it, OnLive is this new service um, a company is offering, where essentially what they will do is they will pipe games directly to your PC or home console or to your TV, excuse me, through a little like a DVR box almost. And it will according to them completely negate the need for discs for consoles for really high-end equipment. That will all be on their side. They will run the game on their system on their servers and then through your high-speed internet connection, they will ship it out to you where you will play it at home and it will be wonderful and marvelous and you just have to pay, you know, uh, a fee per game or whatever they're planning to charge um, in order to play the game. So, uh, everyone was really, really excited about this, saying, oh, it's going to revolutionize the uh, game industry. But, of course, there are those that have their doubts. There are some that are outright against it. Um, And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So... I think, uh, Colin, you're, you're uh, pretty familiar with it by this point. What was your initial reaction to
2: the news of On Live? Well, um, I'm not sure. It seems essentially almost too good to be true in some senses. Um, and I think that in some essentially, it is in certain cases because I know for a fact that there are still people who own Xbox 360s and next-gen consoles and high-end computers. Um, uh, typically not high-end computers in this case, but they own all these uh, systems and want to play games by themselves and live where there's only dial-up available to them. Um, and I think that's a huge, huge factor in the fact that, you know, broadband is not as fast as people think it is um, anywhere other than, you know, major cities. Um, Mm -hmm. so I think that's one scenario in which case it it fails. And then secondly, I think that, you know, they've shown these fantastic tests and, um, they look good, but first of all, like I said, they're already in a major city. They're probably close to wherever their server is. And then, I mean, they don't have, you know, the 500 plus people connected to, it to test how, uh, how speeds would work with, you know, um, larger amounts of people, and uh, that sort of situation. So, I mean, I, I don't know how trustworthy an initial test is so far. Um, so, I mean, I guess you really have to wait to see how, how well it works that way, but, yeah.
0: That's a very good point, point. and just uh, so everyone knows, Nathaniel is joining us now.
2: Uh,
0: Nathaniel, we are talking about OnLive. Uh, right now, just kind of getting people's initial reactions, and just... Uh, jumping off about the service.
3: Um, thank you. I'm eating food. I'll join you guys in a little while. Food is delicious, but
0: thank oh. you. Um, yeah. Well, to to go with with what um, Colin was saying, it, it kind of reminds me of um, well, anybody who's been reading Penny Arcade for a while will remember uh, a system um, marketed as the Phantom, and the basic idea between this was that it was a single console that could play uh, any type of uh, format of game. And they were at a lot of uh, E3s, and you know, supposedly they had very, very professional setups, and they even had like a working demo, and it seemed really cool. Um, except that you know, when the time came to deliver the actual product, it never materialized. Uh, and that's certainly one way that this could go. Uh, I'm not saying it will, but it is... It almost—I will agree with with Colin, and that it, it almost seems too good to be true. Um, Michael, your thoughts?
1: Hey, I'm here. <laughs> uh, oh uh, my thoughts, my thoughts, yes, my thoughts exactly. Uh, on life. Uh, I'm a little confused about how uh this is working. Right? They're—they give you a fancy. DVR box, so you don't have to have a PS2 box?
0: Well, it depends. Um, they're originally saying that they can hook it directly into your computer, and then they're just going to stream it off the internet into your computer. Um, if you want to play games on your TV, they will give you a box, which you can, you know, the internet basically then kind of goes through the box, goes into your TV, and you play the game off of the TV. Yeah,
1: so that, uh, basically I'm talking about that setup. It's like I don't really see how that would be different than like the PlayStation or the Wii or, some, or well, the Xbox where it's like a box and you stick it to your TV and you play games off of the box on the TV. Yay!
0: Uh, th- all right, well, that, that's that's a good point. That's something um, I, w- I wanted to address so people kind of realize what the difference is. Um, the difference is that when you have a PS2 or an Xbox or a Nintendo, the processing... Is being done on your end. The processing of the game, the uh, it's going, is being done within the console, and then that signal is being sent up uh-huh. to your TV, and you're you're playing it right there. The difference between that and on live is that the processing is being done, you know, somewhere out in wherever you know, Colorado. Basically, it can be states away. It could be an entire country away. And then that gameplay is being shipped through the internet directly into your TV. And all that input that you put in to control it is going back through the internet, back to the, um, the, back to the on live main system, wherever it is, and being, you know, and controlling the game that way. And then, you know, the reaction, um, is being shipped back through the internet to you. Does that make sense?
1: That makes sense. Is the internet fast enough to do that? Well, here's what. That's what my concern was.
0: Here's what they said. Because
1: I'm with what Colin said. I mean, Game Call. I mean, what? The Game Developers Conference was in San Francisco, and that's just an hour away from where we keep the internet here in the Bay Area. (laughs) You're laughing. There are actual buildings where that. No, I know. They keep two thirds of the internet.
0: Well, here's what they say. Don't let me go
1: near that building. (laughs)
0: Here's what they say, and this comes from Engadget. It's that um, broadband connections, uh, and this is a quote, broadband connections of 1.5 megabits per second, um, which are in t- 71% of U.S. homes, um, dials the image quality down to uh, Wii levels. So the Nintendo Wii, you know, not the greatest resolution, but 71, at least 71% of people will be able to. Get, they say get games through on live at that quality um, whereas if you want to play it in HD you're going to need a broadband connection that does 4 to 5 megabits per second um, so according to their, to their figures most people will be able to um, to play on live in this manner at least at Wii graphic levels um, if you want something like the PS3 or the Xbox 360, you're going to need a pretty fat ass inter- internet connection.
2: Hmm. We'll see. It it is does seem possible. Um, yeah. But it seems possible on a level of people who a don't care um, enough to own their own console.
3: Because
2: mm-hmm. um, essentially, it. it Entirely what it comes down to, the major difference, after whether or not it works, is whatever their business model is. Are you renting games? Do you purchase games and have them forever? Mm. Uh, do you have to rent the box? Uh, do you have to pay for a subscription and you get free games? I mean, that cha- that changes how it, it it works in the long run. Mm. Um I think, uh, I think it's eventually gonna just come down. It seems to me that their best business plan would be to essentially be like renting, uh, games out. So you pay maybe a monthly fee for the subscription and to have a box, and then you pick a game you want and you can play that and, or rent it for a small fee for a certain amount of time. Or, um, I'm not entirely sure how that would work. But it seems like the people that will be using it are the people that would rent games. And,. Essentially, you'd be able to rent games for consoles you don't own. Uh, rent games for the PC, like a lot of titles that came out on the PC, you'd be able to play over this service. Is what it seems to be promoting. Essentially, like quote unquote saving the the computer gaming industry because people can't afford to, you know, buy a rig that'll run Crisis uh, engine, and uh, if they do it over this video feed, then it would work for them. Um, I don't know that that's necessarily true, especially if they're going to be running it at we quote-unquote, level graphics. Right. Um, and depending on how many people join their, their service, again. And if it's just a small amount of people that want this, like, renting experience, it might work. It might be a, a footnote in gaming, though, is, is what it is. And it's become this huge, blown-out-of-proportion thing where... Oh, this is gonna save us, or oh, this is terrible, or blah blah blah. I, I don't. I think it's more for a smaller market than what people are are doing. Because I mean, I'm not gonna do this. I own all the three next gen consoles and a fairly decent computer. Why would I want to pay monthly for games that I could just go out and buy? You know.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, that that's a great point.
2: It's
0: it, it's gonna it's gonna come down to a lot of who they try and market this to, and. I think the the service itself is going to be really tested I mean there there's a lot to there is a lot that could go wrong with this um, I think you know one of the oh. primary concerns they have to have is lag uh, and say uh was it was it blizzard like the first few weeks or so of world of warcraft or it was something very popular that they um, they had you know their their online servers, but they did not uh, properly anticipate the uh, volume of, of of players that they were going to get on those um, on the system, and the whole thing just kind of shut down, and there was nothing but lag there, and whereas with um, you know, you have your home console. Um, one of the benefits of that is that you know all that processing is on that on, is on your end. You can play that whenever you want, if you ha- uh, with whatever games you like. If you have to rely on the online on live servers, excuse me, um, and your internet connection, well, one or the other goes down, you're out of luck. Uh, and if you're playing a very very fast paced game. Um, Lag comes to an issue because if, if say the, um, uh, excuse me, if your internet uh, connection is slow or if the servers are buggy, well, um, well, not buggy per se, but they're they're uh, overloaded. Suddenly, if you're playing say a fast uh, a fast paced first person shooter, well, that second of lag has killed you. And if you have enough frustrating stories like that, Own live is probably going to be dead within a month. If people realize, well, I can play a game, but I can't play it well.
2: Um, mm-hmm. Those are my thoughts, at least. Well, I mean, it comes down to, two. like... If everyone who owned a PlayStation 3 right now, even though that you know that's technically smaller than the amount of people who own a Wii and a 360... Um, if you took all those people and you said, here, give me your PlayStation, I'm going to give you this on-live box with all the games you've already got, so that's fine, you don't have to pay anything extra. Um, here, we're just going to give you this and you're going to play it instead of your PlayStation 3. Think of how much like processing power all those PlayStation 3s, the thousands of them were creating that has now gone to one server or render farm. Yeah, And the amount of I mean, and essentially, people, I think, are thinking about it that, like, oh, they're going to stream the whole game, so you're going to be, like, downloading the game and playing it locally, but you're not. All you're doing is interacting with pictures that are getting sent to you. So that, I mean, the bandwidth's not a huge problem, but at that level, it starts to... I mean, the processing power that it's going to take is amazing. I mean, you're going to have to have huge amounts of computers to just deal with that. And then, on top of that if all those people are streaming their their images, that's going to take a lot. I mean, that's not as big a concern to me as the processing power, though. Um, Because, I mean, how is a company like this starting out with that amount of equipment? You know, that's that's a lot of money that they'd have to put in behind that.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. And I don't know how that's going to work starting out.
0: Well, supposedly they have some pretty big names behind this. Um, The CEO is uh, Steve Perlman. Uh, I'm not too familiar with him, but apparently he is well-known for his work with QuickTime and WebTV. Um, one of the guys working for them is Eidos' uh, former CEO. Um, he is, uh, Another guy is the key developer behind Netscape and the founder of Mozilla. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on. You, you sound like th- th- there's a lot of... A lot of guys behind it who've, who've been in a, in a lot of smart developments. A lot of, uh, things that went on to have, to have done pretty well. Um, but at the same time, this is, I mean, there, there's a difference between, you know, making a media player or a browser and then saying, well, I'm going to completely redesign the way the video game industry does business or the way uh, digital entertainment is delivered to the consumer. Um. So the. <sighs> Yay, Michael Ridgeway
1: does a lot of talking to himself in this episode. Everybody.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean there's nothing wrong with that. He's that's part of he's describing stuff and what he feels about it. I mean, I didn't know those people were behind it. I don't think that makes it any less of a daunting challenge. There oh no, 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 no!
0: I I completely agree. I was just trying. I'm trying not to come down. All, uh. Uh, just the entire. Uh, yeah, I'm matter. trying not to. Uh, is there? No, there's, there's no, there's no, there's no women. <laughs> They're silly women. I thought I saw a Charlotte yes. there, but no, it's a, it's a Charlie. Um, I'm just it's trying not Charlie. to. Charlie. Yeah, I'm sorry. Big I'm, guy. I'm just trying not to have the entire uh, episode, you know, come out saying like, well, this is about online and what it means for the for the, uh, to the gaming industry, and didn't it just have a big you know, us ripping on live for half an hour. I'm trying to say, you know, there there are um, there are talented people behind hmm. it. Um, I don't
2: I don't mean to discredit them and what they're doing. If they can do it, kudos. Uh, I think I think it it is possible on a specific scale, marketed to a specific amount of people. Um, I don't think it's going to revolutionize the game industry. I don't think it's going to uh, change much um at least in the early stages because i don't think it's going to be for uh, a large amount of people i think it's going to be rather limited Mm -hmm. um and i think that uh i mean it's possible and i didn't see the demo so i mean i haven't i can't say much uh i mean the only way i saw the demo was streaming video over the internet to me so it's kind of like i don't know It's Gonna cause a rift in the time time dimensions and fuck everything up because I'm watching video streamed over video. But uh, I uh, I, I don't think it's a, a negative thing. I think that it's just a I don't know. It's it's a it's very ambitious and it is. Uh, I think it, it's gonna take time to for people to catch on if at all.
0: Yeah. Um. I mean, it's going to take time for them to do it right. Uh. And again, I, I think one of their biggest, um, the biggest pitfalls in front of them is you know maybe trying to rush it. I mean, they're saying they're probably going, they're going to have a, uh, they're going to launch it in, um, I think September two thousand nine. Um. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm looking. The service is planned for release in the winter of two thousand nine. So by the end of this year, they're saying they're going to release it, Uh, and you know if that's enough time for them to resolve the issues with um, getting uh, with with providing proper processing power. Because Colin, you're right. You know if you you got to have if you have a bunch of PS3 people who say, okay, well. I want this service, I don't want to have to worry about, you know, my, all my hardware over here I'm going to pay you guys to provide me this service, provide me this service now, and then, you know, they have to account for god, how many, however many PS3s, let's say for let, let, let's say for generous sakes that 10,000 people 12. initially sign up whoa that's more than I thought <laughs> Well, it's ten thousand is a reasonable number here in America, as far as game gamers go. I would think. I mean, we're a nation of
2: three hundred million people. No, Gaming. that's that's not a that's a pretty decent estimate.
0: Yeah, I ten <clears> thousand units worth of uh, uh two thousand consumers worth of PS three processing power. Well, I'll try and say, try saying that five times fast. All in one place. I mean, I I don't know if it's all going to be in one place, but um. But you know, trying to have that all online, in that's a lot of uh, of of responsibility on their part. Um,
3: but and do if we it, know
0: if they're going to be doing? Oh, you can talk. No, I was going to say if if they if they have, if they mess it up, they're probably going to be done. I mean, someone might come along, you know. And ten years or so, trying try it again. And, and by then, the technology might be at a point where they're going to su- succeed with flying colors. But if they if they rush it out too fast, um, if they if they delay it for too long, they're going to be dead in the water. Uh, and it almost seems like they've because on live was so huge a thing at the Game Developers Conference, and it's becoming so huge a thing. It almost seems like. There's nowhere to go but down. You know they've set up such high expectations for themselves that if it's anything less than playing a, a, a perfectly played game over the internet, people are going to look at it and say, "Well, this is this is crap."
2: I sort of agree, but I think a lot of people have already formed a negative opinion of it, just being like, "Oh, this, <laughs> this is never going to work," um, and. You know they might be right, and if that's true, then I—I I mean, they—I they, guess they won't care that much when it, when it happens. But
0: mm-hmm.
2: I think too, like, I mean, I guess if you really think about it, and if it does catch on, it it does uh, work well. It really it somewhat threatens the video game industry, yeah, uh, in the sense of sales at least, um, because I mean. Especially for large uh, production studios, if people have access to independent titles really easily, like someone who has a nice computer does or is more uh, attached to a computer gaming system where they've already had access to independent games for a long time, that becomes uh, widespread. I I mean, that's not a bad thing. I think independent developers should be able to have that access to mainstream people who want to sit in front of their TV and play games kind of income. But I think it also goes to show that, like, it's going to change the way uh, games are created. Um, if people, if this is such a huge thing that it, it is, uh, just covers everyone who, who is a gamer, um, I mean, there's not going to be any console war in that sense, because essentially everything will be developed to play on a PC, because that's what they're going to be doing. Um, that changes, you know, game economy. That changes um, uh, a lot of things, um, especially with two of the major uh, consoles being developed by uh, companies that aren't f- uh, focused entirely on gaming. Um, I, I, that's. I mean, that's entirely guessing into the future. Nothing to do with. Whether or not OnLive will work, because I mean that that has to be a very successful future. Yeah, um, like very successful.
0: Yeah, well, apparently a lot of video game companies have already signed up to have their games on OnLive, including, um, excuse me, why? Mostly EA, Scan. it looked like. Yeah, yeah, EA, but they've also got Take Two, they've got Atari, they've got IDOS they've got uh, Codemasters, they've got THQ, they've got a lot of people on there. And, um... I noticed,
2: too, that that's a lot of... I'm sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. I was just gonna say, that's a... I mean, those are a lot of computer developers. EA not in particular, but a lot of those other ones are mainly focused on computer games, which I'm just noticing.
0: Yeah. But um no, to, to to address what you said about um being bad for some aspects of the uh video game industry uh some people are saying it could also be a godsend for some of them because of the uh problem of piracy and it's it seems like it would almost eliminate it because you're taking the hardware and the the down, the uh downloadable um you know files for the game out of the hands of the consumer and you've essentially got a uh you know, a hold on them at this central processing location so it's going to be a lot harder for people to get a hold of um uh working um, files for these games i'm not saying it's never going to happen cuz let's face it um it's going to happen on the internet eventually but it it's going to hurt, it's going to sort of, it it may help the video game companies in that regard. And also, if their games are only available through OnLive, um, Monopoly, uh, uh, illusions aside, it's really going to, um, hurt into, uh, hurt companies like Gamefly and, um, uh, GameStop, where, you know, they... Either rent or they sell the or sell and resell these games. And again, the game is just available from one source online. I imagine each game may be cheaper because they have they don't have to worry about a lot of uh, uh, packaging costs. But at the same time, you're going to see mm-hmm. game see companies like Gamefly probably really hurt by it because they never they no longer have a physical physical game to ship out to you. Same thing with GameTap. They no longer have the, uh, not that they do too, too many new games. Um, but they, they're not going to have these files to be able to give to you. And GameStop, well, they're just going to be burned together. If it's completely, uh, digital. Well,
2: I don't think that's a bad thing. <laughs> no, I, I don't either. <laughs> I hate GameStop. Um,
0: but I oh, mean, hate- too,
2: that's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, GameStop sucks. Yes. Um, I, I think, too, you're speculating very hard on, uh, the whatever business model they're going to set up, because, Fair. I mean, if they're just renting games, people are still going to want to buy them, to own them, to, to have them forever, whether or not they want the service. Um... I think also it's a very large leap to assume that anything will be solely attached to this OnLive. I think if people are making games for it, they're making games for OnLive that will work on other consoles as well. Yeah, um, yeah
0: that's something because i the,
2: the the console The console industry selling the actual box is something that's very important um, to uh, companies like Sony and Microsoft. Yeah.
0: Well, see, I have to wonder about that because I I hear that Microsoft and Sony, you know, take a bath on every box they they sell.
2: Exactly. Well, that's the thing is that that's they take the they take they lose money on selling their, their console, but they make up for it in the games that they sell for their console. Mm-hmm. I mean, a large part of the money that you you're paying to buy the disc goes to Microsoft, oh. and especially with downloadable contents, um. It's online subscriptions, everything like that. That's, they, they need that. Um, mm-hmm. so it's, it's tough. Um, yeah. And I can imagine them fighting for that. Um uh, yeah. And I think too, that's also, I mean, you, you jumped to it being very successful in that sense. And I mean, that's a long way off, if at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, there's I mean, there's lots of scenarios where it comp- it changes things, um, and I, I don't know. I, it's it's hard to speculate about that, um, and, and depending on what it does and how popular it is, it can change um, at least the business end of the industry. I don't think it's going to change how games are made. Um, if anything, it opens up a new area for, like I said, independent gamers to, or independent uh, developers to showcase their, their creations to uh, an audience that le- just likes to sit in front of their TV, you know.
3: Mm. Hello, everybody.
0: Hi, Hi. Nathaniel Hoover.
3: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm back, so I can uh, sit here quietly as I've been doing because uh, I don't have anything useful to participate with. But uh, <laughs> carry on, carry on. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, quiet.
0: Well, that was anticlimactic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. Well, I had something insightful to say, but Nathaniel completely threw me off, so I've got nothing.
3: Ah, <laughs> uh, success. <laughs>
0: um, what was I going to say? Um,
2: shoot We were talking about independent developers. We were talking okay. about
0: Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. Um, another point I wanted to bring up is that uh, it, it seems like their their first target is going to be the PC um, the uh, PC gamers. Um, and one of my concerns is that I am, a, I am a huge fan of playing user-created content. Um, and unless they are mindful enough to set up some sort of private or private uh user server where the you know user content server where they can like log on and create their modules. I mean, I love playing Neverwinter Nights 2 I uh the the user-created modules I. Um, the user created uh content for Fallout 3 has sort of rev- revived the game for me after they fucked it up. Um, but I'm I'm rather worried that on live is going to completely kill that stuff because it's not going to uh people aren't going to have the physical game, the the files there, the uh, uh um, I forget the acronym for. Ooh, that's a big issue. For, How are you
1: going to be able to save your game
0: if you're not saving it on your computer? Well, one would assume that they have, you know, a password system. Yeah, like you, you, you would sign in, and you know, they have their, they have allocated space for you where you can save your games. I mean, that seems like a pretty, pretty obvious thing they need to do. It's not like you can log on and. It's like, okay, you're going to play Final Fantasy 13, and 20 hours later, well, that was Final Fantasy 13. See ya. But I want to save my game. See ya. But but my game. See ya. Um, and it'll say it'll sound exactly like that. Um, so that seems like a pretty obvious thing they're going to need to do. I mean, I'd be, I, I'd be very, very, very surprised if they didn't find out some way to handle that. That would be very, very, very silly of them. Um, but yeah, I'm, 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 I'm very concerned for the for user created content. So I do not want to see the death of all my texts and or uh, texture packs and my skins and my map packs and my downloadable modules and all that stuff.
2: Well, that that comes down to again who they market to. I mean if they're marketing to the PC crowd, they're marketing to the wrong people because people who PC game have already bought expensive computers, you know? Mm, Um, Yeah. And uh, I think that that's a bad decision. And then if you're marketing to the people who own consoles, I think um, they're already in the mindset to want to own a console and to want to own a physical game. And I think that's going to be hard to shake from people. Uh, I mean, the PC crowd is definitely the, the consumers that are already in the mindset of, oh, I don't need a box, I can just download it and have it on an account, and that's fine with me. But uh, to press that onto a console crowd, I think it's, you're expecting a lot.
3: Well, if uh, I may, I perceive this to be, at least primarily from my perspective, um, to be for people who like to play PC games but can't afford the high-end systems. So it might be a different demographic than just straight up PC gamers or straight-up console gamers. it could be the people who want to play just can't afford the shiny graphics cards and all of the the fancy accoutrements that go with that.
2: I, I agree I think uh, yeah I think the, the people that they are marketing to are the people that don't want to own a, a console and don't want to spend money on, an expensive computer, and that again comes down to their business model on how well they do it. Because if they perform, if they do it correctly, people will be able to play the games for a low cost without having to, you know, pay out of the ass for a console or for a, uh, a computer. Because I mean, that initial investment of being able to, p- to spend $60 on a game, that's a lot of money, and I think that people have been straying away from that recently. Um, but that's, again, their business model, and I'm not entirely sure how they're going to be doing that. So uh, it'll be interesting to see um, how that works out.
3: Hmm.
1: Interesting.
3: Okay. What you doing, Michael?
1: I'm just reading the OnLive
3: uh, site. I'm
1: Michael, wondering we're how. You're
3: doing a can... podcast right now. You can't be doing other things. No multitasking. <laughs>
1: I'm just wa- I'm just wondering now. I'm just wondering how on earth they're going to connect the controller to Mr. Uh, PC. Well, Is it's going a, to have
0: a USB. How's
1: it going to connect to the TV then?
0: Well, if it's a TV, I mean, you probably just have an HDMI cable. Um. A, by definition yeah. monkey island. Yes, exactly. They make
1: HDMI cables now. Yes. Um, okay, never
0: mind, that was my only question. <laughs> honestly, I think probably the, the connection to your TV, and uh, uh, the, the connection at home stuff, I mean, if it's just on the PC, you can configure a controller or your keyboard pretty easily just to handle that stuff. I think the main issue facing them is going to be the connection and the uh, the processing on their side. And, uh, speaking of the connection, I mean, that's going to be another big issue. Um, essentially, you know, what... It's going to happen, say, if your internet cuts out, or, or you know, cuts, in, there, there's a lot of internet connections, you know, we'll just kind of cut out for a second, you don't really notice it because you're surfing on the internet, but if you are, say, playing a game for a good couple of hours at a time, what's going to happen to your game if you have, you know, a second interruption, and what's going to happen to, you know, everyone's games if they're, having a lot of, int- you know, say 10 people in the neighborhood or 20 people in the neighborhood are playing games over on live. What's going to happen to their connections? I mean, I, I don't really know too many people who have really tested the limits of their internet connection as it as it were. Um, I mean, I, I know a lot of people mm-hmm. who download, you know, a lot of stuff from BitTorrent via the internet, but it's not... Oh my
1: goodness, it's so slow. That's what I don't think. I think the right. internet companies are lying to us about how fast they can go.
0: Oh, well, they are. I mean, you know about well, the
1: Comcast capping location. thing. Oh, I'm talking about Com... Wait,
0: what? Comcast, I'm you confused. know, capping... It, Comcast will cap internet... Um, uh, internet uses, and, you know, just basically... It, it, will, it will cap it lower At than the rate you're paying for. Well, they're Comcast. They're kind of evil.
1: I'm concerned about the, whatever this thing is, AT, T, or Nextel, talking about in on the East Coast trying to charge people by how much internet they're using. So let's say, like, you downloaded 50 gazillion gigabytes, they're going to charge you more than the person who used 30 billion gigabytes. That
0: seems mean, yes. Yeah, well, the cable companies are kind of evil. At least I think they are, but... Apologies for anyone at GameCola who works for the cable companies and the phone companies and stuff like that, but...
3: Or or any one of our audience members, perhaps?
0: Oh no, screw them. (laughs) One of them, yes.
1: Uh, well, you see, our audience members can't download our episodes because our episodes are <laughs> too large for them and they're working for the cable companies. Mm-hmm. That's why. I so, mean, problem solved. I mean, that's basically what I. That's my fear for this on live is that they're going to be destroyed by the cable companies being mean.
0: Uh, that is a real possibility.
1: And that makes me sad. I don't like the cable companies.
0: Welcome to the club.
3: Well, here's a big question. I don't know if it's uh, been asked yet if I tuned in a little too late for this, but extending this idea way to the future where we've got flying cars and all our energy problems are solved and all of a sudden we, we don't have GameStop anymore. We don't have brick-and-mortar stores where we're going to buy games and everything is done on, let's say, on live or it's downloadable content like they have on all of the modern systems right now. And what happens when something like OnLive is on dead. It just disappears off the face of the earth. And you've got 50 games that you can only play with the service active that just disappears. Does that kind of gaming just end altogether? You know what what kind of things happen? Good question.
2: Well, I mean that that comes down again to their business model. I mean, if you're renting games and you're paying for them monthly, uh, that's not going to be a big deal because you're paying a small amount for a game monthly. Um, if it's like Steam, and people have that fear of, oh, it's going to disappear, and all the games that I've purchased in full and can play, and I'm not renting, and I paid the full amount for. If that disappeared, what would I do? Uh, I think that's a, a different fear, and I don't think you can start that way, um, not without uh not the way that they're doing this. I mean, with Steam, you can you purchase the game and you download it, and you have the files locally on your system. So if Steam exploded, there would be a way for them to activate the products that you have. Um, and then Steam would go away and you would just have the products and you would have to make sure you don't delete them or they'd figure that out. If OnLive you were paying for a, a full game and OnLive went away, I think that would be a lot harder because you paid for a game that you don't have the specifications to play without OnLive. Um, so I don't think that they could do it that way. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong.
0: So you think they're going to have no, that makes to... No, um, So you think they're going to have to... Give people the option to 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 download things onto their uh, onto their home machine.
2: Uh, no, I think they're going to have to not give them the option of purchasing a game in full. I think the service is going to be entirely rent based, at least to begin with. Unless I mean, I don't know. I can't picture a way to make this. You pay for the full game and then it's your game because it's not your game because you're playing it on another console. It's it That doesn't make sense to me and I don't think that they could do that. Um, at least in my mind.
3: Fair. Is there any part of this topic we haven't probed the the, uh, the depths of?
0: It Well, there's one thing I wanted mm-hmm. to ask is uh,
3: if OnLive goes
0: belly up um, or if it succeeds, what do you think the next step is? World domination. World domination.
1: All okay, right. But after that, <laughs> I think the next step is going to be making it so I can play Oregon Trail on my
3: computer <laughs> again.
0: Uh, you you can play Oregon Trail on your
3: computer. I can. not uh, the specs aren't good enough for him, I guess. So I have to get online for that.
0: Hey, but Michael Gray, talk to me later. I'll uh. I'll I'll uh help you play Oregon Trail on your computer.
1: You I mean on DOSBox? Well, it's just because I switched to Vista, so it's none of it's working anymore. Yeah,
0: I mean it's, it's DOSBox is is fine, but if you uh, are
2: you having like trouble DOS putting Box? in that huge floppy disk? Then
1: yeah, my floppy disk doesn't fit in my laptop anymore. I don't That's know what she you said. You have
2: your Apple II disk drive hooked up to your desktop. I don't know.
1: I'm sorry, I was just thinking about uh, Oregon Trail, and nobody, does, I don't think anybody has that on, like, the Virtual Console or the 360, whatever those guys have. There's a mm-hmm. version for the iPhone,
2: and I believe there's many, many different Flash versions that you can just play on the internet.
1: Oh, oh, that's pretty cost.
3: I mean, awesome.
0: What were you about to say, the pretty co-
3: cost? Cost effective. Yes, that's
0: uh, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but does anyone have any Is that other? So the future guess, of on-life, right? Yeah, yes, yeah, uh, where it might be going.
3: Well, I think if they're successful, they you know they might have some sort of a mm, hold on that section of the market for a while. But I really doubt that it's the kind of thing just because of how different it is from the the gaming model we all know and love um i feel like it's probably going to take a little while before it really explodes or before before other people um see a need to compete with them or tweak or adjust I, cuz i think there's enough Problems to overcome, enough things to make sure that work out right for long enough. That them just getting on their feet to the point where they can be successful will probably take a while. So I think it's, it's you know, this is just my uninformed opinion, but uh, I feel like it'll probably take some time before they really have a uh, an impact on the greater gaming market.
2: That's fair, but right. it, I mean, if at all, too.
0: Yeah, but it, it, it's funny because yeah. they've uh, they've got this release date of of winter 2009. And does anyone think they're going to make that?
2: I think that's reasonable. I mean, I think they have to release a lot more information before then, because it's still very, you know, it's kind of in the dark. I mean, we see what it's supposed to do. We see what it's supposed to look like. But, I mean that's all we we've seen. I mean that, those aren't the important things. The Important things are will it work under stress and what's it going to cost? Cuz I mean in the long run to the consumer that's what's important, you know.
3: Well, I expect with something that you can always uh, fix, adapt, switch up on, it's not like they're releasing one console once it's out, that's it, we can't play with it anymore unless we, you know, break into your house at night and tinker with the wiring. Um, So I feel like it's something that as long as it's functional, they can release it in smaller doses. Say you sign up for some sort of special pass and they only give out, you know, 5,000 passes to start to make sure that the system can handle everything and then boost their way up. Or maybe they release it if they're running a little bit behind and it's still a bit buggy, but they say, we're constantly improving it, we're looking for your feedback, and then use that as an excuse to continue working on it after they've released it.
2: Right. Uh, if you guys are interested, I was looking at the website and there is a beta sign-up for the summer. Um, I don't know how open it's going to be, but, I mean, it's worth signing up for if you're interested in it. Um I'd imagine they're going to stress test the hell out of it, so I'd imagine they're going to get as much people on it as as they can. And I'm sure it's only going to be the the PC version of it, Um, not necessarily like them sending you the box for your TV. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think it'll be interesting.
0: Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, that's an an important um, important point to note. Uh, Colin, do you want to give the address for that uh, website really quick?
2: Onlive.com. Onlive.com. So, onlive.com. All one word. Uh, And there's, under their uh, game service, there's an option for beta testing. Or actually, I think it's even in the top bar as well. You can sign up. Um, I think uh, another point I was going to make was I mean, you see all these big name game companies, they have signed on for it, and, uh, and what uh, Nathaniel was saying about how you know it's going to take time and uh, uh, support and stuff like that is uh, is it, it's probably not costing these game companies anything. Um, they have nothing to lose, and OnLive needs them more than they need OnLive, because they're still going to be making consoles, at least for the next generation. This type of gaming uh, is not going to catch on for another console to not come out, and um, in the next couple years, you know, I, I think that's still something that's very important to Sony and Microsoft and potentially Nintendo. Um, so I, I, I think that uh, the company that's putting it together on live has a lot uh, at stake and is uh, risking a lot with this. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it goes. And I, I, I can imagine them doing something like Nathaniel was saying with the, the passes to, to, kind of limit their initial amount of signing up Um, and potentially even like I don't know playing WoW if you log onto a server that's full you get a queue time and they might even have something like that Um, which kind of defeats the purpose of instant streaming gaming but I mean it's something that they could easily set up and that would I think people would accept at least in their initial stages
0: yeah Mm
3: -hmm. Uh uh-huh (laughs) <laughs> yep. Well, now that we've all weighed in
0: yeah, <laughs> uh, we've weighed in okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm pretty well, tapped I'm, on the uh, Oh, sorry, go ahead
2: Well, I, I'd like to ask uh, Michael Gray, I mean You mm-hmm. don't play a lot of uh, Recent games, I, I'd imagine Because you don't own the consoles, right? Is this something you would be interested in If it was affordable and, and worked for you? Nah, eh, probably not <laughs> I don't know I, well, I'm, I'm just curious. I mean, I, I, I think it's important to, to note that like if you're a gamer and you already own a decent amount of the consoles, you don't have any interest in paying more money for, you know, you could just go out and rent a game for that console. You don't need to pay for a subscription for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it'd be interesting. I was just wondering from a point of view of someone who doesn't necessarily own uh, a high-end PC or a PlayStation yeah. 3 or something like that.
1: But just just for me,
2: specifically, I just need to go back
1: and I've got 50,000 old games to play before I can start worrying about new games.
2: Uh, That's fine, too. I mean, um, not being interested in the games that they're offering is an entirely
3: valid point. (laughs) Well, I'm sort of in the same boat as Michael uh, as well, because I only just got a Wii this year, and I've been a strictly Nintendo guy uh, my entire life, so... um, I don't have any of the newer consoles, aside from the Wii, and uh, the only two games I have for it are uh, Mega Man 9 and uh, Metroid Prime 3, which I'm going to get into, I swear. Um, And my gaming PC is perfectly suitable for any game that was released in 2001 or before, but after that I need to start toning things down uh, more and more. So it plays Half-Life 2, but uh, that's about as far as it'll go. Um, But this is the kind of thing that... It's an interesting concept, but it's definitely not for me, because I am... uh, I was so annoyed that I had to download Mega Man 9 that I couldn't have a disc or a cartridge of it, no hard copy. Uh, Steam bothers the heck out of me because I don't want to have to rely on some other service every time I want to play a game, especially when my internet connection was really lousy. It took me forever to uh, start playing anything, and especially if I had to reset for any reason. So um, I, I like to have everything the way it was back in you know, 1985 um, just – have your own hard copy. Play it whenever. Don't worry about any mm-hmm. other technology issues. That's it. Well, that's and that,
1: good. Really is, that really speaks to the state of American consumerism, is that people like to have physical copies of whatever they have so they can prove that they actually bought something and have something.
2: Well, I think that's changing rapidly. I mean, people already accept iTunes in a huge way. Um, and I mean, personally, that's something I don't even enjoy. I'd rather own a CD than download music, even though it's far much more of a hassle, um, you know, having it between different computers and having having a physical CD and taking care of it even. Um, uh, so I think...
3: With, I'm sorry, uh, the difference with music, I think, is that you can burn it to a CD, so it's almost as good as if you had had uh, the CD to begin with purchasing it from the store. And you can make all sorts of backups on the computer. I feel far more comfortable uh, downloading some game for the computer that I know I... Can have my own security features, you know, my own virus scans, my own infinite backup copies on all sorts of different uh rereadable multimedia, whatever. Um whereas with things like uh the Wii or anything else that you can download content for, I maybe it's just that I don't know as much about the uh, the backup options, but I feel much more limited in that. I don't I, I'm a control freak. I like to have control over everything that I quote unquote own, even if I don't have a tangible copy of it.
2: Uh I, I agree with that. Um I, I can understand that, too. I mean, uh, personally, I, too, would rather go out and purchase a copy of even, like, a computer game um, so that I can have a box t- to put it on my shelf. Not even necessarily because I want to brag about owning a game, but because I, you know, I like the box art. But uh, it's... Uh, I think it's interesting to see that this adapt. And, I mean, it is PC users that seem to be catching on to it quicker than... Uh, console users, and I think that's going to be a hard sell for them, is to get console users to step away from having a console, and having, you know, a wall covered in game boxes.
1: Hmm. And I've, I, I've just got a question for uh, um, everyone. Uh, hold on a second, let me try to think of the question, <laughs> how to state it. No, I've got a question, is uh, it, um. Because I posted about it in the uh, Game Cola blog. Does anybody else have the ability to get like console games through the library system?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's um, where I used to live. They had um, you could you could rent a game from the library or, or borrow it. I'm not, I I never actually did it myself, but yes, they have that. Huh? Yeah.
1: Because I'm just thinking. Because for me, that's what. I'm doing now is I just got a PS2 and it's like wow my library has 100 or so PS2 games. Nice. I can just pick it out from the library without having to pay for any games or anything like that.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a pretty good so deal. That's
1: really fancy. Yeah, so I'm just thinking that's a pretty good deal and I'm gonna stick with that rather than uh I guess try out on live.
0: Nothing wrong with that, you know.
1: Yeah, so I was just wondering if that's the case for everybody, or it's just here because I'm in the Bay Area.
0: Um, no, I, th- I think it's becoming uh, more popular. Um, I don't know too many libraries that do it, but I- I've certainly seen them.
2: I think you're going to be... I mean, that's going to be farther behind, too. Uh, you're just getting PS2 games. It's not like you're going to see any cutting-edge... Uh, 360 or PS3 games, and you're also probably going to be limited to, you know, they're probably not going to give out M rated games at the library. Um, mm-hmm. I I'd imagine. I, I'm not sure.
1: That's debatable. They had, like, the Lego Indiana Jones game. They had it when it came out. It, it depends on the sort of games, or it really just depends on the game. I'm not sure.
3: Uh, whatever. Say, <laughs> hey, how much time do we have left on this podcast? Um, Six hours. <laughs> Six hours? All right. I don't need to sleep or eat. Yeah, well, I, I figured we Never. could wrap. We could. So um, you just did eat. I, I eat more than once.
0: Oh. And here I assume Nathaniel was like a camel or a snake or something like that. Two radically different animals, I know, but. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I guess we can go no, ahead and wrap it off wrap it up. I mean I I pretty much said all I uh, wanted to say about OnLive and I think we had a good discussion here.
2: Alright, then the final question is if OnLive came out and was affordable, would you purchase it? I
0: would wait Negatory. for
2: rupees.
1: Yeah. Again for me, No. no. So I, you guys I, really
3: aren't that excited about it.
0: <laughs> I would be willing yes. to give it a shot myself.
3: It'll if be it interesting was, to see, but I'll leave it to everybody else.
2: If it was free to try for the first month, would
3: you try it? Yes. Probably I, not. I, really? Really? No. I mean, unless unless there was a game there that I was absolutely rabid over that was not being released on Amazon. Any other platform. Um, if I just had to play it, yeah, sure, I'd try it out. But, you know, it's it's the gateway. You, you you stick yourself in there for just a little bit, and then you say, oh, well, this isn't so bad. I can afford paying whatever it is when they start to charge you. And then you get hooked, and you get caught, and they never let you go. So um, I, I think I'd stay out. Oh.
0: That's fair. Yeah,
3: that makes sense, I guess.
0: Yeah... yeah. <laughs> it's a gateway drug, yes. I think if they, if, so they were, uh, if it was a free trial, like a month long, I'd probably give it a shot. I, I'd check out the other movies. I'm, I mean, I don't I don't think it would be too bad of a gateway drug drug with me because I tend to be a hard ass about these things, and I really really hate paying for things. Uh, well, I so, tend to be that way. Yeah. I was
3: exaggerating a bit, but yeah, you know, still the the idea of it being there that, no, that you know, if fair. I start to play one game on there, and then a little while down the road they release another one, so I would sort of have to make my choice between: um, am I going to be sticking with all of the consoles that I know um, that I can continue to play hard copy games on, or am I just going to throw myself totally into this with all of yeah. the new uh, on live exclusive games?
0: yeah I don't think I could throw myself in there but if they but if they were to get like exclusive games and they were good games and they were things I couldn't play on my consoles, I would have to seriously consider the service
3: Oops.
1: Mm. yeah uh, if they had
0: Oregon Trail three
1: <laughs> Oregon that could be awesome yes. Oh, I want to play Oregon Trail on my Wii. The best part of the game was shooting animals, and doing that with your Wiimote would be fun.
0: And dysentery. <laughs> Pick that, buffalo. I'm sorry, I always died of dysentery. And of course, you know, when you're uh, eight years old and you see you died of dysentery, you're like, hee hee, I died from the pooping disease. Yes. Anyway.
1: I don't know, dude. Uh, that's another question. Did people actually beat Oregon Trail? I always beat it all the time, but
2: apparently it's yeah, difficult. Never, never. I've beaten it before, once or twice.
3: Yeah, yeah. Meager oh. uh, rations all the way.
0: Yeah. Well, um, well Colin, um, what would you do in the same, uh, getting back to online, what would you do under the circumstances?
2: Uh, if it was a free first month, of course I, I'd give it a try. I mean,. Um, I'd like to think I have the willpower enough to stop if it was corrupting my soul. (laughs) But um, even if it was to pay for the first month, maybe if they offered a discount, um, I'd definitely like to try it out, um, just for curiosity's sake. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but I mean, there are limitations on how much I would pay for this. Um, If it's going to cost me as much as a game, I'd probably go out and buy a game, you know.
0: Fair. Mm-hmm. all right all right well um i guess we can wrap it up um that's it for the uh the game Cooler podcast folks uh i think we had a really good discussion uh about on live today i certainly encourage people to look up more about it if you're interested and uh go ahead and check out their uh the the, the beta they have coming up and if anybody uh, gets in and wants to let us know what it's like, uh, by all means, give us a buzz at Game Cola. Um, so, uh, I have, this has been uh,
2: Mike Ridgeway. Smell a guest review.
0: Oh, yeah, guest review. Get you your own little spotlight. Paul Friends who can cut you in on some of that fat, fat Game Cola money. Uh, and by fat, fat. Yeah, we're fat, making lots
1: of money with those fats.
0: Well, by fat, yes. fat Game Cola money, I mean that he gets paid in lard by Google. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so uh,
1: if you got some, <laughs> you know, we get more money if people click the ads, but it's against the rules for us to tell people to click the ads. Is it? That's huh. nice. That's funny. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, that's what I've been doing for my like Nancy Drew blog. Is like I have, <laughs> it's like I tell people to. I can't outright tell people to click the ads, but if I say something like, "I get more money if people click the ads," that's okay. <laughs> that's funny. So I got like twenty eight clicks yesterday. That equals five dollars. I'm rich.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh well, um yeah, that's it for the Game Club Podcast. Uh this has been Michael Ridgeway. Someone say their name.
3: Their name. Ha 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 oh. Anyways, I'm
2: Nathaniel Hoover. I'm Michael Gray. And this is Colin Greenhalgh. Ah, thanks for listening,
0: and we'll see you next time. Ciao!